You are listening to the Somewhat Genius Podcast. I'm Gavin Milligan. Before we jump into this super interesting conversation with Daniel Newlands, there are a few things I want to shout out. As mentioned partially in the episode, the Somewhat Genius team is hard at work to bring you more great content on every social media platform. The blog is taking its final form at somewhatgenius.com. I know there's some merch on the way, so you can rock the Somewhat Genius logo. And a YouTube channel is also in the works, so get excited. And this is all because of you, dear listener. Thank you for staying with us so far. And I also want to encourage you to stick around and stay tuned because there are sure to be massive improvements and expansions in the months to come. I'm so excited. Okay, anyway, now to introduce this episode. Daniel was a bit harder to approach than the other two guests, who are Piper and Jack. Shameless plug. Listen to the other two episodes. You know that Piper and Jack's ideas are sometimes a bit out there, almost to a humorous extent, so we just kind of let them go and and reacted to them. With Daniel, however, you know, he's a bit, he's just as interesting as things to say, but it's a bit less haphazard, so this episode took a bit more of a serious conversational tone. Instead of trying to understand, like, the inner workings of Daniel for the whole episode, we shifted a bit to kind of a collaboration with Daniel to understand, you know, the confusing aspects of high school life, where we discussed what I thought were some pretty fascinating topics. I really hope you enjoy, and I would appreciate any feedback. Uh, with that, you can email somewhatgeniuspodcast at gmail.com. Uh, so without further ado, we will jump right into a conversation where Daniel was asked about his parents and cultural background. I, I'm not 100% sure. I don't get any sort of specific like Sri Lankan people in a foreign country Mm -hmm. stories but my mom has definitely told me that when she left her strict Sri Lankan household and went to med school she went crazy ah and stupid ah like she told me that she went pretty pretty far off the Sri Lankan ideals Mm -hmm. but I think that's kind of just a result of if you have strict parents Gavin and I were talking about this the other day if you have strict parents when you go off you go off harder that's my theory like there ha- the parents have to find a happy medium between I agree. being strict pushes the kids to rebel and like being too loose just like allows them to like you have to find the balance. I think that uh I mean I agree with you like it goes on both sides of the spectrum like if you I, let's I just want to explore this for a little bit. Like if you are um if you have like really strict parents for a long time and you want to explore like new passions but your parents are like putting you on a a set path and won't let you stray away eventually you're gonna have so much pent up like annoyance or like frustration that you're not Mm -hmm. only gonna pursue your passions but you're also gonna probably do something in a way that would annoy your parents like and on the other side of that like if you if your parents are really loose with you and let you kind of do whatever it's like if you have no guidelines to like correct you if you've done something wrong like if you steal candy from the store and your parents don't yell at you and go make you pay for it mm-hmm. then there are some bad habits that are enabled but the the happy medium is like you allow them to i think the happy medium is like you allow them to f- figure out what they like and you give them your set of like you try and sway them with good morals or like your set of good morals you know i think i think that actually works because um sort of 
my parents have just pinned me in a perfect way that if I ever do something that I know that they wouldn't approve of, because they give me enough leeway, I feel really guilty. I feel really guilty right. when I do bad things. I Not that I do you. a lot of bad things, but you know what I mean. And morally as well, I almost feel like you're at a bit of an advantage per se because I think your parents disagree fundamentally on a lot of like things having to do with like religion or the you know we don't have to get into it but obviously and it allows you to kind of more find your own way as opposed to being stuck in a box yeah your parents believe because that's i think that's very true my parents obviously they agree enough they get along but for certain things that they they do disagree so i could sort of navigate my own way sort of listen to both sides of the story because when I was younger, I, when I, I remember fifth grade driving home from school, we were talking about we had like a mayor or something come and talk to us. And I asked my dad in the car, I was like, what political party are you? And he was like, oh, I'm a conservative Republican. I was like, OK, I'm a conservative Republican. <laughs> and then I would like tell people, well, what are you? I'm a conservative Republican. And then I found right. out what it was and I was like, am I? Am I <laughs> that? That's just natural. You just copy. Yeah. Yeah. And then you I listen. Yeah. You listen to the people who know who you see as they know best for you. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. It makes sense. I I think that like that really does put you at a point where it enables you to make the decisions that matter. Like mm-hmm. like when you're at an age where you can really think about what these terms mean, mm-hmm. these political parties, these religious ideals, it really allows you to say, okay, so here are the pros and cons of each side, mm-hmm. and I can form my own opinion on this, and without the sway of my parents because my parents are an equal split, which is a really, it's a really cool thing. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, I mean, it's good that there's some like disagreements, but like there, it comes to a point where it's either you're picking something that's seen as uh society, societally, um, moral as opposed to something that's not like if you're, dad was like a serial killer and a heroin addict and your mom was like a cop like (laughs) you know (laughs) they have to get along to that extent i have a similar story to you uh i I just remember i think it was the obama mccain election i think we were in kindergarten and porter gout always did this thing where they had us go all the lower schoolers went and had the lower school election and we actually like voted as a lower school and picked our candidate so I had no idea, obviously, and neither did any other kid, which is why I'm confused as to why they did this in the first yeah, place. What were they thinking? <laughs> yeah. So I, every kid just puts what their parents tell them to. So I asked, and my mom and dad were both like, yeah, we're voting for McCain because they're pretty Republican and whatnot. So I just came to school thinking, well, yeah, of course he's like the right McCain guy. McCain is like, the one. Because <laughs> you think as a kid, everything falls within the binary. Like there's a right and a wrong answer. And if both of your role models, your parents are like, yeah, it's it's we're both voting for this guy. I'm going to be like, well, if you're voting for Obama, like, what are you doing? And so I remember I came out of the voting booth. I hit my little button and I was like, yeah, I, I was talking with a few kids like, yeah, I voted McCain, McCain. And then Faith Rounds was like, oh, I voted for Obama. And I was like, well, how could she? How <laughs> I didn't <dare> understand. <laughs> I didn't understand at all. And then when I remember following the results of the real election, when my parents were like, yeah, Obama won the real election. I remember thinking. How could he have won? My entire family says they're voting for McCain. How on earth could he have won? And I remember just asking my mom and dad over and over again. I was like, but all of you voted for the other guy, right? So how could this guy? I just, it's just I couldn't comprehend <laughs> possibly that, that like other people disagreed with my parents or like 
my parents didn't because know it, the right. It was just so like I I don't know like total like it was like right. so complete to you that this was the only moral or this was the only way of thought right. that made any sense. I thought it was almost like a game where they just like put up the good guy versus the bad guy <laughs> and had people choose like, and will they choose, choose the good guy goodness <laughs> or evil but in but, a sense i feel like that's what we still do today everyone falls with they just point to the other side and think they're the bad guy in the story uh, we were talking facts. about this in the car like i, I mean respect uh, is fundamental to productivity if everyone is just sitting and plotting against each other it's it, we're in an environment today where it's more like uh deciding what side is wrong more than deciding what the real like instead of going ag- and trying to solve the issue people are trying to resolve who's to blame for the issue and when you're trying to do that more than you are actually solve the issue you are creating more polarization than is necessary because it just allows people to plot against each other thereby um enabling n- polarization and thereby enabling no no productivity yeah well Mm -hmm. that's what i think is so frustrating about politics in general is people will sort of pick a side and then it's like tribalism now that i'm on this side everyone else is against me and i will like attack you and so it gets really just sort of just gross (laughs) like when people like start to argue and then they make it personal and then you're like okay never mind why did i even try that's why i don't don't like That's why I don't like talking about politics because no matter how hard you try, it's always going to come to a point where there's either too much familial background, yeah, too much personal bias, and too much emotional background for mm-hmm. like it to not have like a certain charge about it that makes it like yeah attacking each and, other. And it's all the wrong mindset coming into conversations with people that you think you probably disagree with mm-hmm. instead of coming in thinking. I'm searching for understanding. Like I wanna, I wanna know what this person thinks and why they think that way. People are searching just to put them down, prove them wrong, elevate themselves, and it's exactly. all. It, it comes from selfishness, I think, as well. It's all there. And I, I can't say that I haven't fallen into the same trap. Like I, I, there have been situations where I have thought, well, that that argument is just completely invalidated i can shut it down immediately but then when i have those moments now i more than ever i can reflect and say i just said exactly what i'm trying to go against yeah i I think that's sort of that's why i'm so morally opposed to the whole universities canceling speakers that aren't with the general background i'm like that is not university is meant to be where an exchange of ideas happen where understanding Mm. happens and where people form themselves exactly and Mm -hmm. it kind of put me off a lot of the universities like i mean we had at our school we had yale university came and talked to us and he I remember the college counselor was like, on a scale from one to ten, how like liberal is the school? And the guy like was taken aback for a second and he sort of stopped and he was like, Neh, no eight. It's like an eight. He was like gonna say nine or ten and then he thought better of it. But it's like that because Yale and like Brown are known for canceling speakers and things, which is it's all well and good, but no, it's it's too much. weird that they've gotten to a point where it's like they're open and honest about how liberal it is, whereas I know. 
if I were if I were a college person, I'd assume like going to a school, I'd assume, especially in the South, that I should just say, oh, we're a five. Like we allow everyone to exchange ideas, even if it's not true. But they've come to a point where it's like we can see the news. It's been that way for so long that they just have accepted that identity. And it's it's so ingrained. You now, you know, it's ingrained into the system. And like I'm looking at your college board over there, like it's hard to imagine like any of those you know not having some sort of political bias one way or another i'm sorry listeners you can't see the college board yes we were talking about it before the episode daniel has set out like how many are those like 10 10 colleges like their setact scores tuition uh class rank gpa all the stuff you need to get it scholarship it's very it's pretty comprehensive i was impressed when i first saw it uh thank you because i know you're really into the college search and so is your dad you said so it's kind of like our little thing that we bond over it was the same thing with my it was sort of okay so my brother set out to get a baseball scholarship when he was in junior and senior year and it sort of engrossed all of my dad's free time he sort of went after everything he looked at all the stats all the coaches everything he was so involved in my in my brother's um college prospects and then when my brother went to college he was like oh you daniel (laughs) now and i was like oh my god and so he was like it was like i think first semester of sophomore year he was like we're gonna start looking at colleges you and me so we like took a look at georgetown took a look at nyu and i was like okay and but now because i'm so early along in the process i know what i like and i know what i don't like in schools and so i just sort of made like a quick hit list of schools that i think i would be interested or i know that i like and now i have something to work for because sometimes when i'm sitting and writing my english essay and i want to jump out my window i'm like why am i even doing this right you know yeah i'm sorry uh but i think that's just like a really important thing generally Mm -hmm. like that a lot of people have lost track of i feel uh, knowing what you like and what you don't like, and this whole idea of like um, essentialism, uh, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, me and Gavin, were talking about it before the episode while we were driving up here. But uh, from my thirty-day social media detox, I really took away um, the idea of only leaving what matters to me, like stripping away not only physical things that don't matter to me, like knickknacks that I haven't even looked at in six months, but also, like, uh, if I... you Have you ever had that moment where you're, like... Do you watch YouTube or, like... Yes, I do. Okay. Have you ever had that moment where you're, like, watching a YouTube video, and then you're, like, hmm, this thing sounds really good. I'll go do it after I watch... After I finish this video. With my mindset now that I've thought, like, this YouTube video is only really bringing me artificial happiness. And the thing that I really want to do after I watch the video will bring me so much more real passion than finishing this video. So instead of finishing the video and going to do the thing, I just put down my phone and go do the thing when I want to. Because I don't care. I want to do what I actually enjoy, not... I wish I was like that. I, I like don't want to subscribe. I, would do that, I just but I get engrossed in in the YouTube Netflix right. world for so long. And you could tell Sebastian takes this to heart because every time he enters a new space, he always inspects all the objects and usually <laughs> asks. I have it's noted. Just when he first came in the room, it's funny. And when he went over to my house for the first time, he like 
is it like making sure that every object has some sort of backstory <laughs> or value? I, I I just like hearing people's <laughs> little antics and uh, taking a look at all the oddities. I don't know. Yeah, I, I think it, but I think it stems from your whole thinking that every object should like, have bring, meaning, have meaning, or bring joy to the person that has it. So it yeah. doesn't that have a name like the KonMori method? Uh, well, of that's getting rid es- of stuff. Essentialism is. It's another word for minimalism, mm. but I don't like the connotation around minimalism because when people think of minimalism, they think of a guy who lives in a white box with one painting on his wall, which is just not what it is. My heaven. <laughs> <laughs> if I could just recede from society. Oh my god. <laughs> we just what if yeah? What if we just stuck you in a chamber and we just like gave you food and water <laughs> for a little bit? I don't know. It's kind of like the taboo thing. No, not the taboo thing. It's kind of like the in vogue thing these days to be like, oh my God, I hate life. I would love that just to sit there and rot away. I know some people that would agree with that. Yeah. But in reality, who wants to I do, do that? like living? Yeah. Isolation is a really big fear, actually. Mm-hmm. With because humans are, you know, you hear humans are social animals. So yeah. we like to, we need that connection. On a very primitive level, so it's like I agree with that. If you were just stuck all alone, the like these phones can bring artificial connection through social media, mm-hmm. but at some point, it's just not fulfilling enough. You that's, have to get out there. That's about fifty percent of the reason why I go to your physics class every single day, right? Because I I either sit in free period alone, or I sit in free period, and when I do talk to people, I don't get any work done. But your physics class strikes the perfect tone of you guys are doing work, I'm doing work, but I can still hear humans like doing things. And I think a lot of it gets conflated with the extrovert introvert thing. They just say like. Oh, extroverts like to be around people. They mm-hmm. need that connection. And, that's just and not introverts reality. can just yeah. stay inside all day and they hate people. And it's just so not that <laughs> polarized or on that binary. At Usually all. Usually you're on the spectrum somewhere in between. And whether you're all the way to the introvert, you still need that. Like you still yeah, need to go you talk still, to people. You're not like a, a new breed of human. Like <laughs> you, you still need the social interaction. I am the self sufficient human. <laughs> 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 if i if i had uh if i could do one experiment like science experiment and just not have to worry about morals or anything like that at all i would want to raise a human in complete isolation oh. and just oh see God. and just see w- what what would happen like w- would they how would they even how would they even think like they don't have a language to think in like a truman show thing but just like no no no, but with nobody i get what you're saying like they don't have a language like they're in a white room you give them food and water and they could just think and be by themselves they'll probably go insane but what are they gonna do while they're insane they can't think in a language if you removed ethics from the equation like the results of that experiment would be like such a landmark thing in psychology because we could understand exactly what the baseline is pretty much and exactly how environment affects the development but i suppose it'd be all like the nature nurture thing we'd figure it out but i suppose there wouldn't you wouldn't exactly get the perfect baseline but because everyone's different, everyone's well, like, yeah. but you would get pretty close. As close as possible. Uh, if you could do it on a larger scale, I would do it with like 10 people. But like, obviously, <laughs> there's just no way anyone could ever do that with one I love, person. I love that you have just thought about the perfect human experiment that you would want to fill <laughs> out, like just, take out. Because like, you're into psychology, right? That's mm-hmm. what you think you want to do? Yeah. I got you. That makes sense. Do you want to be like a clinical psychologist or... 
Like, do you want to go to med school and then do psychology, or do you want to be like a therapist? What or? I what I would want to do is like, uh, I would want to do like the psychotherapy, so like I could, because I really like talking to people. Clearly, I, I mean, Gavin started a podcast together. I like talking <laughs> to people, so I think it's fun to like sort. Of, I feel like when people have uh issues and you're like talking through it with someone, it feels really good to like be the person to talk to them but also it's in when i'm thinking about it in my head it's like a puzzle that i need to find the pieces for and like put together to see the root Mm -hmm. and the solution and i just think it's really interesting to do that and i I would want to do something in the field so that i could talk to people but i would also want the psych degree so that i could really back up what i'm saying and like say to the person, I really know what I'm talking about because I have the degree. Yeah, yeah. that's sort of what, in general, medicine is like as well. It's You've <laughs> learned this information, and now you can put the pieces together of this puzzle to figure out what's wrong with people. But I think psychology is a little bit more diluted. Like, you right. can find the problem, but you can't always fix it. I yeah. was talking with my mom about this this morning, uh, funnily, and she was like, I'm, she's a big she's a doctor, and mm-hmm. she's into medicine, and she was like, in medical school, I always hated the psychology stuff. She was like, it wasn't a mind. direct diagnosis, you know, solution. You had to, it was all these like convoluted things. And we don't know, we know enough about the human body but to that's be able the to interesting perform part. surgeries oh, and no, stuff. I don't like that at all. But the, <laughs> no, and that's like, I feel this difference here. Whereas we, with the human brain, a lot of people are intrigued. Like we don't know enough. We have to keep going. We have to find these solutions that may not be obvious, mm-hmm. but it's also on the other side. It's like, we know nothing about our own brain. We don't know what consciousness is. We don't know how to fix all these yeah. psycholo- psychological problems. But I like that's why I hate escape rooms. Why? why? <laughs> because escape rooms are like, it's not even, the point of an escape room is just to present a challenge. And then at the end, you pay, you get presented with a challenge, and then you have to solve that challenge for nothing in return other than being free. And I have like a, like a, personal opposition to that because you're <laughs> i'm paying you money to annoy me <laughs> and to sit there and like look at keys and i remember when we did it for luke flynn's seventh grade birthday seventh birth no seventh grade birthday yes we sat in that escape room and after 10 minutes of not being able to figure out where the stupid key was i sat <laughs> in the couch and just went on my phone and everyone's like how could you not be doing this i'm like because we're, they're going to let us out in an hour anyway. We might as well just <laughs> chill and hang out. And everyone was like, you don't get the point. And I'm like, I get the point. I get the point. I just don't want to do it. <laughs> right. I think that's because I think you're a very goal-oriented person or an ends-based person. So a lot of it is just, it goes back to so your philosophy with medicine. As long as you're doing something that will actually lead to a solution, exactly. you're right there with it. As long as you're working and it'll lead to you getting to college, you're right there with exactly. it. Exactly. That's why I have that over there. And stressing as long me out. As, you're, as long as you're doing an escape room, it'll actually lead to a reward. You're right as there with it. As long as you're working for something, there's yes. reason to do Whereas it. Whereas if he knows, oh, well, they'll let us out in an hour anyway, he doesn't <laughs> see the point. Yeah, exactly. Where it other, makes sense. There are a Thank lot you. more process-based people or problem solving people like sebastian who like, revel in being able to like mm-hmm. have a problem that they don't know the I answer hate escape to rooms that's too. why i i, I kind of dislike math a little bit yeah because math is kind of like math-y. i'm i really don't think i'm going to have to other than to pass the math classes that i'm going to need to get into med school or pass the math classes i'm going to need in med school i'm not going to need to know the trig ratio of 
sine of 30 is one half. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. That's just not something that is. But aren't you to working me. towards a solution that you wouldn't otherwise get? It's a solution with no meaning to me. Oh, right. I see. Like, you can work towards a solution in an escape room to, to win the thing life. in time. If you but so- me winning an escape room in under an hour gives me no joy. Because like, it's okay. something someone else has already solved. Yeah. Probably, yeah. and also same with and math. I like, saw like a medical mystery. You're saving someone's life. Yeah. I was talking about this yesterday with one of my friends, um, but have you ever thought about the idea that because we're so infinitesimal in the grand scheme of things? Oh no, we're about to get existential up in here. Yes. <gasps> everything we do is essential. Everything we do is essentially meaningless. The only real meaning in your life is the meaning that you create for yourself and thereby by justifying your own means your life is meaningful but only to you and but really that's the only thing that matters because you're not two people trying your own Whew. i don't know about you but sebastian was getting a bit too existential for me so that i may profit at least a couple cents off this podcast here's a little plug for my favorite podcasting app gavin i have a question for you yes in a perfect world where you could pick like, I feel like you have these professions that you have in mind because they're very traditionally successful professions. But for some reason, I get the vibe that you would be really happy just, like, being a history major and, like, being a yeah. professor. So, like, one of my – I probably have big three that I would want to do if you really want to be – because yeah. I – my w- one, I mean, in no particular order, I'd like – teacher is one of them because I feel like – you would that would be, an be amazing teacher. super fun to be able to. Uh, it's kind of just an innate passion that I think I could bring out. But, uh, number two, probably journalist. I feel like that would be fun uh, because I'm I'm passionate about like finding the truth, and I also like being a writer. And <laughs> <laughs> Shane Dawson documentary coming of soon. All people that made you think of Shane Dawson. <laughs> anyway, uh, I like writing as well, so I think. I could apply that there. And then number three, I do still, I'm hanging on to, I do like some of the STEM, you know, math and science type stuff. So like engineer, I've always hung on to the idea of being an engineer or like an aerospace engineer or some sort of having to do with, you know, our next mission, I think, as humanity, at least scientifically, is like getting to Mars and something like that. Doing so some doing something like Elon Musky would yeah. be my third yeah. choice. <laughs> Elon and Musky. those are three things that are totally different. So I, at some point, I'll probably hit a crossroads and have to decide. But at that point, that's kind of where I stand. You know, that's a really wide range of things. Exactly. That's so basically you have to excel in every single class <laughs> to keep those options. So open I just have bay. to. Yeah, I have to try in everything. And but it's good because those are three things I can see myself doing. And so it, it lays it out where I can find a passion in each one of my classes and find that drive in each one of my classes. So there's something there for me to actually yeah. be working towards as well. So, Is Mr. Greenwell your mentor? <laughs> clearly. I wouldn't say mentor. I don't know about clearly because I feel like he interacts more with like the Courtney's, Ballard. Right. Like and, and those are his homeroom kids as well. Oh, I right, think. right. Homeroom kids. What so, are we going to do about our homeroom? Are you going to stay in? I guess, I guess. Yeah, might as well. I don't even know. Yeah, I don't know the state of affairs with our homeroom. I but anyway. I'm sad, Mr. Yeah, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know about mentor. Um, Do you idolize him? He's a bit of a role model, I would say. Just He's pretty great. I get a sense that he's you know a really smart guy. Oh, yeah. But I also find role models in a lot of my teachers. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think 
you know, to that extent, yes. But, um, yeah, I can find other examples of teachers where I, I pull from adults in my life. And it's to the point, going back to what we were talking about parent-wise, I feel like your parents form you for your, you know, formative years until you mm. get it to this stage where you're able to kind of be more of a free thinker and then suddenly you have your parents that you can draw from and you have all these teachers and you have public figures yeah anyone you can look up to all these people so it it becomes a thing like that but uh i think i had a different question for you if we want to just switch it up a little okay. bit yeah uh i was gonna ask we were talking about this talking about this before the podcast a few days ago but you said you'd like to talk about how you make friends in school and how with you it's there's really no difference between boys and girls whereas a lot of people would see a big divide there yeah that has been something that I've kind of had to navigate as I've gotten older is because I I genuinely don't see a difference like I just talk to people like they're people and mm-hmm. I hang out with whoever I want to hang out that day and Daniel's above all that he doesn't see I don't, color I don't see I don't <laughs> see gender, gender. <laughs> I don't I don't see gender I honestly some these days sometimes you can't right but also <laughs> that's another topic but also um I sort of my parents are always like why do you hang out with girls like what are you dating this person and I'm like I'm not da- I'm just friends with this per- the class example Ellie's if like right. I've been friends with Ellie for about a year and a half. We just we are friends. We hang out. We you know do normal friend things. We're like, hey, you want to go grab lunch? I'm like, yeah, sure. Where do you want to go? Yeah. Same thing with Luke. Same thing I do with you, Eric. All those people. But my parents like cannot fathom it. I think that's kind of a gener like a generational shift hmm. that's happening. Is people are seeing it like it's kind of like an old w- way of thinking. Be like, you can't be friends with girls or you can't be friends with boys because you're a girl. Yeah, and I think a lot of it has to do with the the new ideas about sexuality and gender identity. Yeah. I don't think that necessarily yeah. influences you, but societally mm-hmm. on as a whole, mm-hmm. I feel like it has to do with that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, surely if you're brought up with stronger women role models and you're friends with all women throughout your life, I that could certainly make an impact on your quote unquote uh manhood but yeah i love my divide of friends though i like the way my friend is my friend group is right. it's basically 50 50 yeah what i have and i really appreciate that because i think that's really cool yeah and also the thing with with girls of just a tendency that i found out and this could just be a generalization that i'm mislabeling but they're generally more willing to help you help people right they're more always there to help you. and there's a psychological uh basis for that really? it's usually kind of known that women like to deal more with people and mm. men like to deal more with things. I don't know if you have ever heard it I can about that. that. I don't know how widespread that is anymore, but it, I asked, it does seem to be true, at least to some extent. I obviously, mean, there's women that... I just perceive it to be true. Yeah, obviously, there's women that deal with I things I can see how that time, makes sense. But it, it does make sense, at least on like my level, from my experience, mm-hmm. on a wide wider scale, it yeah. might not be true. But it makes sense from, like... I don't want to say it because people got mad at me last time. <laughs> it makes sense from a evolutionary standpoint. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Luke Flynn, where you at? <laughs> <laughs> because, like, um, uh, men were generally out in the tribe, like, doing a goal, hunting a, hunting a, a meal. And the women were to 
cater to that, to go and find the best and strongest mate, and thereby they had to become better talkers, better and judges of character yeah. and yeah. things like that. I mean, it makes sense. And from they're like, bringing up children, so they have to be better helpers. Yeah, and exactly. Nurture. From a very, yeah. like, base, really just primal manhood, womanhood perspective, yeah. I could see it how that makes sense and i i sort of value the personalities that are willing to help right. and i think i find that a little bit more often in it's women. kind of an opposites attract thing because you say you are less willing, to help, less willing to so help so if you but find like people i said that's let's, let's not this <laughs> character if <laughs> you ask me to help you i will help you i just don't want to hear about it every day for the right. rest of the week but like if someone called me and is like oh my god i forgot my my science lab can you send me those graphs i'm like yeah sure like of course i'll send that to you right over snapchat and right over text but if someone is like hey um i know you have a math test tomorrow but can you just like my friend he's can you just, just really like talk annoying to me, me and i don't understand what's happening <laughs> and i'm like figure it out i don't have the time <laughs> and there are definitely levels of problems oh yeah yeah, yeah you yeah. can understand some of the th- problems mm-hmm. that people will just complain about it to throw out there are things that they can deal with on their own i don't deal well with pessimism right like interesting when people are pessimistic because i'm just like well we're all in it we might as well be happy about it have you ever you know have you ever tried actively counting the amount of complaints that you hear yeah sebastian did this he just like counted up complaints i don't have enough fingers (laughs) i don't have enough fingers i I always find it interesting now. Like, <laughs> it's always interesting to hear how many times people complain and then hear about uh, how they seem to be much more unhappy than regular people. Yeah. But, or not regular people. That was like other people. Yeah. But um, if you just start thinking about your complaint for a second and then realize either I don't even need to say this or B, this is something that's not worth complaining yeah. about or C... I already have the solution for this complaint in my head, so yeah. why bring it up? I'm at not. All? I'm not saying that I don't. I definitely complain, probably just as much as I. I complain definitely, but my point is, is that I, when I hear complaints, are not receptive to them. So even if I make, like, I'm, I'm, I should probably do that counting it on my hand method and trying not to complain because it's so easy to complain. But now that like. For me, it's easy to complain, but when other people complain no, to me, I'm like, nah. It's much easier <laughs> to be on the the negative than it is to be on the positive. Oh, yeah. And it's just something that's interesting to be aware of. I feel like it's almost a ritual with me to complain. And I don't know if it's you feel this way, but with our lunch table, I f- feel like just every day, and complain. I, every time I'm sitting down, I have just the urge to like make a complaint. About either the food or like a class that I have coming up or a class that I just had. That's yeah. it's, it's literally become such a habit in my mind to when I'm pulling out my chair and sitting down at the lunch table to be I like, can't believe. oh, the food sucks today. Or like, oh, physics was so boring or whatever yeah. it could be. Yeah. Love you, Miss Downing. Brooks doesn't usually eat, but whenever he comes and has food and sits at the table, like most of the time, the first thing he says is, Oh, this is horrible. What did uh, they make? I think it's kind of our culture and sort of Gen Z these days just to be anxious and triggered oh, about kids everything. kids these days. <laughs> but I feel I feel really... We I are the like, kids these days. I, but I don't really feel like we fit into the 
the Gen Z. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. We're You're, so like, right on the cusp. We're, we're above 2004. that. Right. 2000, <laughs> 2004 kids. Were you born in 2004? Yeah, Wait, I was born in 2004. Get out. I'm just kidding. Wait, so he would be Gen Z. Yeah, wh- where is the line? Because I thought I, I would say that from about 19... No from about... 1999 to 2003, we don't fit in anywhere. Because like my I, brother is not a millennial, but he is certainly not a Gen right, Z. Right, because I think the whole point of Gen Z was to point out the people that grew up with like technology. And I had a Leapster their leapfrog. entire time. Yeah, I didn't have an iPad. It's as a kid, I never had something like that at least in the house exactly, so that's yeah. why i grew up more as a reader so i was always reading books I and then basically once i got to middle school grade. i completely stopped that's pretty same thing much with me. Sixth grade, yeah. i think um like well most major podcasts would say hey editor look that up for us but michael shipman cut that out <laughs> but, uh, but, but joe rogan sky uh, jamie he always <laughs> <laughs> jamie <laughs> But we don't have uh, an editor or someone who's coming in, so I just looked it up. Gen Z is from, according to Google, first search, typically use, uh, demographers and researchers typically use the mid-1990s to early 2000s as starting uh, birth years for, like, Gen Z, I guess. But I don't, I don't feel like, I th- either that is, I think that meme culture has sort of attributed Gen Z to the wrong population. Like the people that are being Do, born Again, in does that definition mean anything if we've redefined it? True. Does the definition mean anything if we feel like it's the other way <laughs> and we are the people yeah, in society that? has control. <laughs> Talk <laughs> about this so much. It's so uninteresting at this point. Yeah, Michael, cut that out. <laughs> just kidding, He's not going to cut it out. Anyway, you have anything else? He's just like, going to leave it. He's The laziest editor. <laughs> if this is in there... You hey. know he hasn't listened. To yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Michael sucks. <laughs> and see if he cuts it out. Michael, n- no shade. We like you. Please keep on editing. We have no one else. I think Michael sort of didn't really think that it's getting all wires. I send it over to him, and it's I'm like, he's like, he's like, what? <laughs> It's done, and then we listen to it. It's just completely uncut. He cut like the first three seconds and the last three. Honestly, there's some there's some value to keeping it raw, you know. We want it raw. People love it when it's just filled with boring, uninteresting topics. (laughs) So, Daniel, uh, now I've thought about it. Like going back to the whole, yeah, like opposing uh, parents is interesting. So. How has that influenced you in terms of religion? Oh, right, religion. Um, so my dad is Catholic, Roman Catholic. My mom is Buddhist but doesn't practice. She likes to do the classic, she's spiritual but not religious, which I don't actually know what that means, but that's what she is. Um, I am, I, I like to say that I'm agnostic because I don't want people to get um, sort of mad at me. But I think I'm probably an atheist. I just don't, I don't have any... Too many conflicting opinions. Too many conflicting opinions. Well, no, it's also just sort of like, because my parents are different, I'm like, well, I can't, I'm not going to pick one. I'm, yeah. I just don't think either of them it are seemed, completely sane. It kind of, if you did that, I've, do you feel like it would cause conflict in your family? No, because my parents are not religiously, they don't have any religious fervor about them. Okay, but okay. Like, we definitely way like, on the side of what we practice, Christian, because we do all of the Christian Catholic yeah, holidays. I mean, you, you go to 
Porter. I mean, well, yeah, I mean, people that are religious, you don't have to be religious to go to Porter. I yeah, mean, I know, but I mean, it has sort of that. I mean, there's chapel there. A lot of that is just like the best schools are often religiously affiliated in the South. Um, but I would never go to boarding school. That's Why? also one thing. Because I think going to boarding school sort of cuts short the requisite 18 years of adolescence that you're you normally get for development time because and also i miss I it's miss like the restraint would you say boarding school is the restrictive parent of schools um i wouldn't i don't think that's specifically my opposition to it i think that the whole idea of boarding school is kind of like it's it sounds really bad but i kind of get the I can't, this isn't true, but I personally get the um, I, the feeling that parents that send their kids to boarding school are a little bit like, oh, well, no, I know people that are great parents. What are you trying to say? I don't know. A boarding school, it just seems like a lazy way out to me. <laughs> it's kind of like a... Like a Hot nah. takes. Hot <laughs> takes with so, Daniel. Uh, can I, what, what are we talking about now? Just boarding school? My ideas, on, my, my thoughts on boarding school. Okay. He, he says I that, also love my parents, so I'd want to stay home. Okay, basically Daniel is saying if you go to boarding school, your parents don't care about no, you. No, that's and, not what I'm saying. What and, I'm saying um, I know that that's not true. Well, there is the connotation. And they're lazy. They're really that's lazy, not too. Parents are just done with you. They ship you no. off. Yeah, that, that's you're, the feeling that I would get if my parents were like, I want you to go to boarding listen, school. Listen, if you go to Blue Ridge or Episcopal, your parents hate you. It's what we're no, <laughs> no, because I know there are amazing parents. Like I, we have family friends who are fantastic parents that just send their kids to boarding school because it's the best option for them. Yeah. And that is what I mean. But if my parents came up to me and were like, "We want you to go to Phillips Exeter," and you are going, I'd be like, "You don't want me to stay home? Like I'm here for two more years. What? What are you talking about?" Okay, I would yeah. get. But like Phillips Exeter is like really. I'm not saying I'd get in. School. I'm just saying. I know, but like, <laughs> if you had the opportunity, you wouldn't take it. No. Okay. I think I can get where I need to go currently. I really think we are probably, you, me, and Gavin, you, Gavin, and I, are in probably some of the best positions in the world to get educated and get where we need to be. I, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Where does Porter Gat exactly rank? I don't, are we up there? <laughs> we're, the, we're the second best um, private school in South Carolina. Okay. The only one that's better, in, it's only ranked better on like a couple of, not like academic specifically. It's really okay. better and like a couple other things. But we're one of the other I school? mean, I hear that like we're like what's the other school really up there? It just in the whole southeast academically. Like we won state for Quiz Bowl. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Literally do the three days ago. What's the other school? I, I cannot yeah. remember the name. Who's it's on the niche star. I can Google it. Uh, Jamie. Jamie. <laughs> Jamie. Google it. Michael. <laughs> this is why we need Michael here. Shippy. Feel, yeah, Shippy could do that job. He could be the Computer guy pulling up everything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm actually working on getting. A, I really want to get like a studio space to do the podcast in, like, like a, a real like space. A real space. Like, you want to rent out a school? Oh, sorry, we're getting off. <laughs> Don't Christ Church? Are you yes. kidding me? Christ Church Episcopal School, <laughs> number one, and then Porter Gowd is number two. <laughs> Boys, but we still have an A plus. Overall we got to drive scholar. up there and take the title back. We got to. I don't mm. know what we're going to do. I, we're going to revolt. I don't know. <laughs> oh, we're but forming our an uprising. Who wants to join? <laughs> Where, Where is it? Where's it located, did you say? It's in Greenville, All right, South Carolina. We're going to Greenville next weekend. Yeah. It's coming. I got a B- minus for diversity, though. I wonder what Porter oh. Gow got. Oh, if we get a C. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Actually, Uh-oh. yeah, well, I wonder what we got. Uh-oh. A B-. minus. Hey, hey. <laughs> bringing the average up. <laughs> Woo. Yes, that's good. What do they do for a diversity ranking? 
They just probably is probably it by race or like I would say probably, probably based on race. Yeah, okay. I mean, no, it, I'm just wondering because for diversity, you can do all sorts of categories. Yeah, I guess you could say like religiously diverse, religious, or, uh, uh, you know, economically. hundred percent of students right. from this school go on to attend a four year college, but that's not hundred percent true because so I know even someone in my brother's grade took a gap year and then didn't end up going to college. So I think they just say that. Well, yeah, conspiracy how, theory. <laughs> conspiracy theory. Do you have any like outlandish theories? Ooh, outlandish oh, theories. That's, that's a good Ooh, question. Good like government takeovers, or like, or yeah. like just anything like that's not what normal uh, what you would say other people would think about. Anything. Moon landing is fake. Anything. Hmm. S- something Shane Dawsony to reference your. Previous, didn't he do um, the? Wasn't he the conspiracy theorist or whatever? Yeah, he is like On, a, he does like okay, conspiracy okay. theories and things. Um, oh well, nothing. I don't really have conspiracy theories about the greater okay, world. Well, what do I have, have conspiracy theories about like, like our school and things, but I don't want to say that because <laughs> I'll get in trouble. Okay, well, what if we were talking about? If you'd like to know, you can what if we were talking me. about Gorder Bowed? Gorder Bowd. <laughs> Gorder Bowd, man. <laughs> I don't know if that helps. Uh, okay, well, what if we were talking about... Christchurch. Christchurch. <laughs> Christchurch. I have, I have a secret theory. The Christchurch Episcopal School's headmaster like, doesn't actually know any of the students Ooh. and is just walking around like money 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 money, money, money. <laughs> why i don't know he just gives me the politician vibe you know mm. uh, i i don't have that opinion what, what's the politician i'm sure he's vibe. great at what he does just like super good at just like making you like him mm. have you ever talked to him yeah. i wish i had you have he's, i haven't gotten a chance to he's really likable Right, that's what I mean. Yeah, he seems he's like got that. the charisma but and the it charm. It could just be that he's like a, a nice person. A nice person. I, that's my thing. It's conspiracy theory that conspiracy. is unprovable. I get you. you okay. know? <laughs> if we're make if we're making up some conspiracy theories, I have thought about that every once in a while. I'm like, is he? You never. Know. I'm big into I'm big into, big into UFOs right now. I've oh always think my to god! All kinds of <laughs> you. you uh, ever Stop. since you listen to Joe Rogan podcast, okay, okay, okay. all you can talk about. Hear me <laughs> out. Hear me out. He had Bob Lazar. Have you ever seen the the movie with Bob Lazar? He's the guy who worked in like near Area Fifty One in one of their like government bases in a mountain, and he was like inside all these alien vehicles that use like anti gravity to propel the ship. You sound insane. I, I'm sorry, but you just have to listen to it. <laughs> sorry, you just okay. have to. Okay, disclaimer: I'm not saying I believe. In this stuff, Gavin is I'm currently saying just put on a tinfoil hat. It is a hat. very, very interesting theory, compelling theory that I've been looking into. Because if it's true, I will literally, oh, I don't know, <laughs> <laughs> would change my whole view on the world. Yeah. So I, it, it was that guy, and then this other guy who was like a a navy pilot who saw this like a kooky old a, man. allegedly oh. saw this like weird alien spaceship that a was like kooky old man saw something wow shh, shh. <laughs> there's video <laughs> evidence it is real <laughs> and you are wrong <laughs> also I, I wanted to go back to something I was just thinking about remember when we like went to Chinese class early and the Spanish teacher was in there and we were talking about what if university was free for everybody like the implications that right. that could have because Bernie, Bernie Sanders yeah. wants to 
make was it universal higher education yeah, you, like free uh, or uh, like a I, I think he called it a, a hu- American right like a human right in America okay to yeah. be able to go if you want to go and I'm thinking like but then now everyone's gonna get college degrees and then I'm gonna have does to go to another like, and get another degree because does then, that include like IVs huh does that include IVs like Ivy League schools oh IV, IVs uh I, I like think if so. you get in you get I to think, go for free like if you get in then Instead of the university sending the bill to you, they send the bill to the federal government. Oh, okay. And then they oh. take more than the top one percent or top ten percent. So you think that if we did that, like right now, like some thirty, forty percent of the population goes gets a college degree. Yeah. So you think that everyone, or at least way more people, would get be getting college degrees, and then it would and sort so of then the, the new pe- yes. college would be whatever the higher education thing was yeah. and you'd have to do that in order to yes. like st- st- make yourself stand out. Yeah. I I, I I see that. I but see I think that. I think that let's say a a Repu- if a Republican decided that that was something he wanted to do, it wouldn't work because you would also need immigrants and things to come and supplant the jobs that are getting yeah. left because n- people are too educated. Well, do you American know the, citizens are too educated. The, uh, have you listened to Andrew Yang at all, one of the candidates? I'm, I'm, I'm Universal big into the basic Yang income, question yeah, mark? Well, his big idea for or reason for that is because he thinks AI is going to take over all those manual labor jobs, like truckers, yeah. accounts for like the top job in like more than half of the states yeah. and that's once we get like artificial intelligence trucks self-driving, dri- cars. self-driving trucks yeah. sorry that's what i was trying to say no, no, yeah. driving around all over the place like that's where are those people going to go uh, and so that's where his like universal basic that's... income which you can disagree on whether that would be effective but yeah. i do like listening to him about that's why the I implications think. of ai and everything yeah game? uh hold on that's why I think it's really important and when you're sort of planning out a career that you pick something that isn't going to be automated specifically. Like becoming a teacher, you're always going to need humans to explain to other humans to dumb it down in a way or come out in a way that other people understand. You'll always need yeah. ER doctors standing there when someone comes in to hold the blood and like hold their arm together or sew something oh. back up really quickly. And so it kind of scares me the certain prospects of it's like I would love to be a like a uh, let's say my dream job was to be an accountant or something. That is something I th- feel like could be pretty easily automated with the right computer program, the right like psychology algorithms. could not. I don't think it could be. Well, that's that's one of the things that's exactly. so safe is humans will probably have to interpret other humans, and yeah. that's why psychology would be really safe. But uh-huh. mm-hmm, that kind of scares me. The whole idea of automation. But like what AI. about um? Okay, I. I said oh just now because I found you do you have you guys ever heard of the game Detroit Become Human? No. Okay. I've heard of it. Okay, is so it, is it it's a robot? Okay, so yeah. it's a game based in the future where it's like an alt reality where AI has taken all these jobs and they're like revolts from all these poor people with no jobs and they're like trying to take over the AI, but the government is too strong because they have like all this technology like working with them and you could buy your own nanny in a shop and it's like a robot but it's like one-to-one human and uh it's about this ai uh you you play as this robot but the the robot sort of it takes it to the it goes to the level of true artificial intelligence where it starts to have its own 
it, it develops consciousness. And, like, it's about, it basically toys with this really weird concept of, like, would would it be better in that reality if, like, it was automated? Or should, is that something we should stay away from? And it, it's, it was an interesting Well, it, it, it's a question, if something, if, like, a machine can have greater intelligence than humans, does that mean that the machine is conscious and, like, has feeling and is sentient or whatever? Like, I don't know. Is that, have we figured that out? <laughs> I don't know, but like Shippy, could, do we know? <laughs> Michael, look figure that, it look out. Look that up, Michael. <laughs> but like, could you imagine like? Um, I don't want to live in a world like that. Yeah, I know. Uh, because that's sort of that kind of violates my whole thing. If, yeah. Let's say if if robots can do everything better than humans can, then I've lost meaning in I was my watching life. Some video last night about futurists think that we're gonna have a lot of you know how we had like all these civil rights waves and yeah. like human rights issues thinks like the next big one is going to be artificial intelligence rights as like a movement in the next like 30 years like ai rights like yeah you can't mistreat robots and yeah things? oh sweet and Jesus. i was like whoa yeah. <laughs> i'm not ready for that man real, I, that's like then i'll really be removed from politics because then i really don't care yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, never like what no yeah <laughs> wait wait what about um wait so hold on for 30 years in the future, if you're listening to this, I'm sorry if we come off as extremely close-minded, but I just don't see any Our canonical reason. podcast <laughs> just being listened to 20 years in the future. <laughs> I love the use of canonical. You'd make Miss Smith proud. Good diction. <laughs> okay, but uh, so what? You know, like, uh, Elon's new project is, like, Neuralink, and Neuralink is, like, yeah. micro-threading this fucking freaking michael <laughs> <Should Michael. be. laughs> michael now you're gonna have to listen to it it's like micro threading this like little chip into like your your skull and like you could the the electrons like in your brain that send like things through the paths like can connect to the chip and I like you can like open a door with mm. like your your mind that that kind of stuff scares me but i have a conspiracy oh yes 23 and me I hate the idea of twenty three and me, uh, and I will never do it. Because you think they're like because if keeping you your DNA in a database. Serv- if you right. read their terms of service, there is nothing in there that specifically says that your DNA is protected, like within the company, like so, a privacy sort of yeah, thing. Yeah, so There's like let's nothing. say twenty three and me gets bought by Facebook or something, right. and now they start gen- like looking at your. Ge- I don't even know. Like I, it just seems still a little sketch to me because your DNA is like your last true code that you have that's all yours i don't want the that's sus i don't want the government if yeah if and that's the big thing over 23 and me uh zuckerberg Whoa. had to go before congress and whatever yeah. and testify because my mom has data the same has become theory. data has become a commodity yeah data had different companies can sell it and yeah. and we didn't even know that this was happening yeah. like the general public and it all came out and everyone was like what is going on my mom has the same exactly. conspiracy she says the same things every time she sees a 23 and me commercial <laughs> yeah like the but exact it's so, same it's thing it's like i really want to do it because i want to know <laughs> also you know what really gets my parents into a frenzy for some reason have you seen the cola guard uh, you know cola guard where you is poop that? into a box and send it in for screen for colon cancer oh. <laughs> 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 Yeah, so Colaguard. My parents. What, what are so you talking when about? When I see a, when I see an Ancestry.com or Twenty Three and Me, I get triggered. And then when my parents see Colaguard, <laughs> they get triggered because they they know that all it's doing is just testing for blood in your poop. Basically. Send us your shit. Send us. Your sh- and my mom's like, you get a Whoa. ton of false positives. Jamie, Michael. Jamie, edit that. 
Michael. You get a ton of false positives and people thinking they have colon cancer when they really just have hemorrhoids. <laughs> and and my parents like get triggered about it. They're like, no, people need to still go yeah. in for their colonoscopies. This is stupid. Oh my god. Yes. It's interesting how you grew up with both parents as doctors because you were always the kid whenever we would bring up some sort of medical uh something yeah. in lower or middle school and be like well i have this or he'd be like well actually <laughs> that actually cringes me out now that i used to do that because i know nothing i have no medical degree i am in a ap biology class and that's I, the highest level i, I would have. always trust you and well, i think what i i norm, whatever normally when yeah, i would because talk he about said it things, with a firm I, tone exactly but you he would be get like people well to believe anything, he would always preface it be like well my parents are doctors yeah and yeah they say this. exactly so yeah I've, I've established ethos now listen to me <laughs> well oh, yeah so normally i did actually have some sort of idea but the, pr- the problem was is that I when I was younger in lower school I couldn't equate the difference I thought my parents were doctors because they were born being good at medicine so I thought my parents are doctors I'm good at medicine and so but also I also right. went through a weird sort of transition where how could you not think that? <laughs> exactly <laughs> I, I realized I thought I so lower school I was like I want to be a doctor because every kid says they want to be a doctor because it's just like the, oh my god you do I feel really? like every kid said they wanted to be a soldier in like second Ooh, grade no my parents would have said like <laughs> what, what was your school that, like some sort of military <laughs> no, no, no all the boys said they wanted to be cops or like soldiers oh, okay because it's then, like a manly you yeah know, firefighter yeah, I was and like man. when we went around the room in second grade like all the boys said that I still remember I said like I want to be an artist because like oh <laughs> Bro, because like my grandpa was an artist or uh, like he was an architect and then he became an artist and then I, I got really into like drawing and stuff and like this is second grade me so it's like I'm just drawing like just the most ridiculous yeah. stupid stuff and I thought it was so cool so it was like I, I, I sort of that. I feel like I'm a cliche now though because I'm like I want to be a doctor but like of course Indian high school kid, of course you want to be a doctor. And I'm like, uh, well, but I, I wasn't like going the thing to. And then you I re- become averse, like I falling know. into the category. It's kind of like the girls that are like, I don't shop at Urban Outfitters because I'm not basic. I'm right. like, I'm not a doctor because I don't want to be a doctor because I'm not, like, but I actually do. Like, I went to like a medical camp and I was like, this is amazing. Yeah. This is interesting. I know what the life is but like. Is that because it's all you've, you've set yourself up to be interested in? That is something that I've sort of. No, because I I set myself up to be interested in other things. I didn't want to be a doctor because I didn't want to just be like my parents are doctors, so I have to be a doctor. I sort of, I sort of, what's the word? Disparaged that. Thank you. Oh, Ms. okay. And, um, but now that I realize that it is something that I truly do enjoy, and I think in the future I will be passionate about when I become a practicing okay, physician. But right. You went, you like went to this camp, and you yeah. realized that you really liked medicine. But, yeah. like, have you gone to a camp for your other interests? I really, the it's the only interest that you've I ev- have. Exactly, because it's the only one you've allowed do. yourself to form. So how do you know if Well, no, it's not. It's not the only one I've allowed myself to form. I threw myself into, like, AP World. And like I, a natural, and then he fostered it. Yeah, uh, because I think people put too much pressure on the whole, you need to find your passion. I don't think people just have an innate passion. I think they have things uh-huh. that they like and things that they w- are willing to do for the rest and of their lives. And then there's some sort of directing a- choice. Exactly, I and think I think it ruins people to think that they have some passion they need to find because that isn't true. You aren't just born with an inkling, unless you are, but most people aren't. I hate yeah. to say it, but I, I think that there is... Uh, well, actually, you know. You think that like everyone has their place or their role to fulfill, you know like what? destiny I, sort I of thing, say, or? I was gonna say that. 
like there's an innate passion in me for like helping people. But like I explained it earlier, it's because when I don't have something going on, I need something to fill it. I mean, it's not innate. It's just because I'm filling a need. And then like even before that, it's I became interested in it because like I would help my friend out in middle school. She had a lot going on. And sometimes I couldn't explain like or sometimes I couldn't like understand and explain away what was happening. So I would like look up articles and read up on it. And that's how I formed the interest. So it even like the thing that I'm mo- like one of the things I'm most interested in now, I agree, is not like an innate passion that's built in art. I like to draw that developed from an early age. Like I had said before, my grandpa was an artist uh, in his later years. I mean, I don't have a passion for art specifically i don't yeah i've never I don't, been i i've tried out history artsy. i really like it and i love the whole formation of ideas and things but like i said i get too fed up with the tediousness of arguments and so being mm-hmm. a politician or maybe like a like someone who debates things is like a lawyer or i bet isn't you would hate thing. like doing something philosophy oh like God, and, yeah it just taking philosophy i'm <laughs> taking philosophy next year yeah. hopefully oh, no, 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 gavin no. <laughs> didn't you say before that you could see yourself being like a lawyer who just sits at a desk and i said it? well a lot of times history majors can become lawyers yeah. and my dad's a lawyer and i could see myself being a history major so i was just like oh well i guess i could be a lawyer uh but and i also do yig where i am an attorney you know quote unquote yeah and we do mock trials and stuff and now i'm doing appeals and it's fun but i don't think that's really my passion or my role that's however like you want to put it bowl. yeah yeah so it's it's definitely an option but i put it below the other three mm-hmm. that i talked about earlier that makes sense like i have things that i enjoy i enjoy quiz bowl and i'm really into it but it's not like that isn't something that I could see myself doing as like a job if there was something that would just retain information and uh-huh. spew it out. What I could see myself doing is medicine because it it is something that I'm interested in. I love biology. I like the idea of the lifestyle. And now that I'm interested in that, I went to a camp. I enjoyed it. This is something I like, and it's a good career. Is there a fallback though if something doesn't come through for you? Like let like what like what do you mean? Like if you you know I mean, don't let's knock on wood. Yeah, yeah, that's what I meant. Um, if I didn't make it into med school first time around, I would take a gap year and try again. Okay, restudy for my MCAT. Because that's do it again. That's what I like worry about is for someone who's has that one goal it's like mm-hmm. if there's ever if you have tunnel vision on one thing and you don't get that one thing honestly you can become a doctor my dad didn't make it into med school his first time around he went to med school in the caribbean and then ended up okay. just as successful so as any just, other internal medicine doctor way. yeah my dad yeah yeah he did it he yeah. he We've been was in for an hour 15 really okay. okay oh i couldn't see the time from over here i was gonna say it seems like it's been a little long okay Okay. I guess we'll cut it here. We'll yes. do some end end uh, notes. Thank you guys. Fine. I think we've I think we've covered a lot of good stuff. Yeah. I think that the the end takeaway should be explore your explore your interests and pursue your passion. Right. Oh, I even see it's the opposite. Don't pursue your passions. Explore your interests. Passions <laughs> don't exist in my world. <laughs> it's just what do you like, and then you can do that. What about, I think what we're what really about, getting like, charisma? at charisma. Like if you're charismatic you have a lot of passion in like what you say and whatnot passion is not really that's not what i really mean for okay but like 
Passion. I don't want to end on a disagreement, but <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. I'll bring it all together. At the end of the day, in, the, in conclusion, we all need to understand that escape rooms are meaningless <laughs> and you should never do them. How ever. could you ah. how could you vote how could you not vote for McCain? How, how dare you? How on earth? Don't go to boarding school. <laughs> don't your parents <laughs> don't love you. Just kidding. I have an existential crisis about what matters. <laughs> exactly. And if Daniel, you don't get into med school first time around, there is no other option. You might as well just Daniel, die. thank you so much for like taking a break and letting us intrude <laughs> into your house. No, and, like, thank you so much for having me. <laughs> disagree really appreciate with you. it. But thank yes. You so much for having yes. me. It was great. That was fun. Good episode. It was good. Thank you. Signing off. Adios. And that's it. If you made it all the way to the end, thanks for being a real one. Before you click away, please consider going to anchor.fm slash somewhat genius to leave a small donation. This will be instrumental to improvements in episode quality and frequency, and it'll help us get even a studio type space and start posting video of episodes, which I've heard people really want. Also, please share this episode with your friends or on your socials and leave a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. Thank you so much for listening, and I'll see you next week.